Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. It's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. So you are in for a special treat today. I'm going to be interviewing a really powerful, wonderful person. Her name is Jenna Waugh. She is the founder and CEO of Million Marker. And I'm going to let her tell you what she does, but she is very transformational. And I was on her podcast not too long ago on Instagram. And uh, I wanted to have her on. I wanted to introduce you to um, introduce her to you. So Jenna, welcome to the program. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what what you do, how you got there. And uh, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Sam. Um, It's a pleasure to interview you and learning from you. I'm extremely honored to be on your podcast. Um, one of my biggest goal, at least one of the mission for Million Marker is to disseminate information and get the public educated about environmental exposures. Uh, so my little bit about my background, um, as Dr. Sam mentioned, I am the founder and CEO of Million Marker. Uh, at Million Marker, we do we offer direct-to-consumer endocrine disrupting chemical environmental exposure testing, allowing people to un- understand their exposures and do something about it. Um, how I came to founding Million Marker, there's a long history. Um, a little bit about my b- background: I studied in nutrition and environmental health um, during undergrad and graduate school. I was getting really frustrated that we don't know, we don't really have a personalized way to understand our own exposures. Uh, One of the things is that your environmental exposures is actually accounts for more than 70% of your chronic disease risk. Um, One of the quote that we learned is, you know, um, genetic loads a gun, but environment pulls the trigger. So your environment is extremely important in terms of your chronic disease development, your well-being. And there isn't really a personalized way for people to understand that. So professionally, that's what I ran into during my research. So I really want to create a tool for people to understand, you know, what's going on inside of us. Because, you know, given you and I have the same exposure because we have different genes, we would respond very differently. And there's no way of knowing that. And personally, I also I had a lot of fertility struggles myself. And then a lot of the chemical we test today we call them hormone disrupting chemicals, which we can go into later. And these chemicals really impact fertility. They impact metabolism. They impact pretty much every aspect of your wellness and disease causing processes, particularly chronic disease. And I was very frustrated because when I was going through my fertility struggles, the doctors were just telling me, you know, good luck next time. And because I know I had, you know, no family history and, we did any test possible. Um, 
we couldn't find out, you know, what's going on with me. And then when I asked the doctor, can I do an environmental exposure test? This could be triggering whatever symptoms I was having. All they told me is that good luck next time. And there's no such test available. But I know, you know, we literally, because I studied this, the CDC have been monitoring people's environmental exposures and chemical exposures in the last 40, 50 years. However, the service is not available to the public. So I figured, you know, in academia, since nobody is reading my papers anyway, um, I should do something different. So you brought it more into the clinical and you're going right to the consumer in offering different kinds of toxicity testing. Is that, is that correct? Right now we offer mainly just the hormone disrupting chemical test. It's one, mm -hmm. only one test, but uh, for this test, mm -hmm. we cover 13 chemical metabolites. Mm -hmm. And so when a person gets the results, then what's the call to action? Are you able to support them in navigating the detoxification yes. process? That's, that's our goal. Yeah. Compared to a mm -hmm. lot of the direct-to-consumer tests, which you just get a lab re report, just some numbers, we sure. really want to make sure that our test is actionable. What we do is we ask people to complete an exposure journal before you submit your urine sample which we ask about their, your lifestyle, what food have you eaten, what kind of packaging material you have used in you know, your food packaging, how many times you've eaten out, and also what are the products you're using, what are your household cleaning product, what are your personal care products, anything that you put on your body in the last, or put in your body uh, in the last 24 hours, we ask for that, um, because this will help us to personalize where your exposures are coming from and pair this information with your testing results, then we're able to pinpoint, hey, these are the possible exposures. And for example, you might want to like swap out some of your personal care product, use a fragrance-free product, which will limit some of your exposures. So we, we also audit not only the chemicals that we test, but if we see any other problematic ingredients in your personal care or household product, or any other behavior that can contribute to your overall environmental body burden, we also let you know. So then next time, you know, when you purchase a product, you can purchase a better product, or you can start changing your behaviors and then reducing some of these exposures. So in your opinion, how much of this is genetics and how much of it is environmental? Like what is the, the difference if two people are exposed to say BPA or paraben, parabens, how come one person, you know, reacts differently than another? This is depending on people's genetic. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. how we're, we're detoxing, a lot of these have to do the, the P450 system, and then that's determined by your genetics. So some people will be much more susceptible to these exposures versus others. But we haven't done like, we don't have enough research. We have enough research showing there's a difference, but we don't have a, mm -hmm. enough research to show, okay, people with this genetic mutation or genetic susceptibility that over what level of these exposure would pose an, an impact. The bottom line is that these chemicals have no business of being in your body. They only do harm and then they don't do any good. So the rule of thumb is you should always reduce these exposures as much as you can. So the difference between women and men, uh, what are the, 
the big symptoms that women have or the big issues that trigger them to want to contact you? And then men, what are their issues and why they would want to contact you? So a lot of our clients right now are people who are trying to conceive or experiencing mm-hmm. uh, unexplained infertility uh, because a lot of a, a huge part of the research um, around these chemicals are around fertility. Uh, now we have seen actually more and more research coming out um, suggesting that these chemicals are not only obesogens, meaning they cause obesity, uh, they're also diabetes, meaning they're also linked to diabetes. The other thing I think like, because pregnancy, when people get pregnant, this is like a very special period. People start thinking about what they're eating, what their exposure are. And with, you know, compounded, if people are doing IVF, which we have seen a lot more and more people cannot, couples cannot conceive naturally. So they go through IVF and then people started looking to, okay, why am I not being able to conceive? Because we have seen research that these chemicals are linked to fertility issues. So you're talking about, you know, irregular period in women and um, PCOS that has been linked. And then in men, it's just dramatic decline of sperm quality. Got it. What's IVF? Tell us what that is. Oh, IVF. So that's yeah, IVF. Infertile, infertile, um, mm-hmm. uh, in vitro fertilization. Okay, good. So, uh, what uh, should be pe- what what should people be aware of in terms of the kind of products they use? Uh, this is good for education and being proactive. Yep. The biggest one, I think, like, in, you know, if you put in a big category, plastic would be number one. I know we have this really complicated relationship with plastic, but I think people need to be more aware, especially if you're using, you know, plastic Tupperware to store your food or drink your water. Uh, please ditch that and never, ever microwave plastic because a lot of these chemicals that we are testing are present in plastic. We also call them plasticizers, like BPA and phthalates are one of the, two of the major plasticizers that's being used today. Some plastic actually contains up to 80% BPA or phthalates. Um, And then, you know, we can go into a little bit about BPA and phthalates. So BPA is pretty much the poster child of environmental chemicals. It's, it actually mimics your estrogen. Um, and phthalates blocks testosterone. So, and the, that's why we call them hormone disruptors. So they mess with your hormone. And for anyone, you know, who don't really know what hormones functions are, they're like, they're literally like your body signaling system, everything, your every bodily function is controlled by these hormones and they act in like such tiny amount. We're talking about, you know, one drop of water in like 25 sized Olympic swimming pool. That's how much it would require to, you know, cause an impact. And they work, you know, hormone works in this kind of like a lock and key. Um, and they have to match and they work kind of like your whole body kind of work as a symphony. So you don't want your key to be out of sync. What happens when these hormone disruptor comes in, they mess up your lock and key. And then you can just think about all the downstream impact you're talking about you know yeah your fertility you're talking about your sleep your metabolism and you know your chances of developing diabetes obesity all of these is and autoimmune conditions all of these are are linked Um, that's why we don't want people to expose to them 
and plastic is a big one because of BPA and phthalates, which are like pretty much the most well-studied um, endocrine disrupting chemicals. So what are some other hormone disrupting chemicals that people should be aware of besides the plastics? So there are many, but I, um, when we touched on, I think it's, it's really important for people to know that they can do something about it. Um, it's actually so, actionable. There are chemicals mm -hmm. that we don't have a lot of control of. We call those persistent chemicals. It makes avoiding persistent really important. But at the same time is we should really, we can do something about these transient chemicals. So what we're talking about BPA phthalates, uh, there are others like paraben, which is a, a common, also a hormone disruptor and a common preservative used in personal care products. Another one is oxybenzone. All of these are really well studied. Oxybenzone has been putting um, sunscreens and sunblock, it's a chemical UV blocker. Hawaii actually banned oxybenzone or benzophenone because it kills coral reef. Just remember, you know, like anything kills the aquatic life, it can't be good for, for humans. Sure. Uh, but we actually call these transient chemicals, which means that your body actually have the natural detox system to get rid of them if you eliminate your exposure. Um, however, there's a whole class of other chemical, we call those persistent chemicals. People might have heard about PFAS, um, the forever chemical that's in your Teflon pans, that's your like nonstick pans or in your waterproofing outdoor clothing. That's a harder one to deal with. That one, you can only prevent your future exposure, but once you expose to those things, they actually stays in your body for a long time. So you can't get rid of them. Like, you know, if you screen like our, if you test your blood and my blood today, both of us will still have DDT showing up. DDT is a pesticide that has been banned for more than 30 years, but because it's persistent, it just lives in your body. So you basically just like don't want your body burden load to keep growing. That's why you want to avoid these exposures. And then you definitely want to avoid transient exposures because that's something that we can do about yeah, I mean, I think of so many people who I deal with that have autoimmune disease and mm -hmm. the inflammation is off the charts. And just to get them to have an awareness that they may be exposed to these hormone disrupting chemicals is, <laughs> is a, a big, big task. So uh, your detect and detox test kit, tell us about that. Yeah, that's the urine. We call it detect and detox detect. Part of it is obviously help you figure out, you know, what are your levels and how you compare with others. And then the detox mm -hmm. part is wanting you, we want you to change your behavior, start reading labels, start using better products, mm -hmm. because these are things mm -hmm. that you can really, really control. Um, because a lot of these products are in our everyday products we use. For example, BPA is in obviously plastic we talked about, right? So in plastic water bottles, if you use plastic Tupperware, change that to glass, change that to stainless steel, and also never ever touch receipt, your grocery store receipt, your gas station receipt, get that email to you because the coding of that receipt actually expose you to BPA. And also canned mm. food and canned drinks. You know, canned food, now you can mm. kind of see like a BPA-free on your, on your can, but drinks is something mm. that people don't really think about. You know, if you drink mm -hmm. a ton of like carbonated water through or beer from that can, you will get that exposure. And what's more is that mm -hmm. even though BPA has 
being banned in baby bottles and some of the other products, manufacturers started using BPA alternatives. So you could get BPS, BPF, they can literally swap a letter, change it from BPA all the way to BPZ, and it would have the same impact if it's not more. So uh, mm-hmm. this makes avoidance really important. So if you can, you know, use your glass water bottle, use your ceramic cup, uh, stay away from anything plastic and never ever microwave and stay away from yes. canned food if you can. So that's, that's sure. BPA. So for phthalates, um, there are two kinds of phthalates. One of the phthalates used in plastic that actually makes plastic really flexible. So think about your saran wrap. Right. So we see people using saran wrap, like covered on everything and then sticking to the microwave. So anything contact with oh. that wrap, heat it up, mm-hmm. you're going to get exposure. That's going to leach into your, in, into your food. And the phthalates, oh. the, the other kind of phthalate, we call them low molecular weight phthalate. That's using a lot of personal care products. The biggest, like most useful strategy we always recommend people to do is read your product label and ditch that fragrance. Anything, anytime you see fragrance in your ingredient, you can look up on your product, you flip it over. Anytime if a fragrance in your product ingredient label, probably 99% of the time it's going to have phthalates. And also don't be fooled by, you know, people will say, okay, I'll, I'll buy like unscented. Unscented is actually a scent. So make sure you go fragrance free. Sometimes manufacturer will also label like aroma. That's, that's exactly the same thing. So don't get fooled. And I also want people to pay attention on, you know, natural fragrance because a lot of people use essential oils and other things. We basically have no control over the supply chain. We don't know what product is contaminated versus not. Um, so we always recommend people to go fragrance free to avoid that phthalates exposure so always read your label go with fragrance free and then when it comes to paraben it's the same thing so many product will label paraben free the only place that we have seen there aren't a lot of good product is these over-the-counter creams and ornament um so we have a lot of clients using hydrocortisol cream for their eczema or for rash that's one area that we have not seen that a product formulated without paraben but there are, you know, many different kinds of parabens. So they're not all created equal. So if you see in your ingredient label, if there's like a methyl paraben versus like say a butyl paraben, ditch the butyl because that's a lot more toxic than the methyl. And then same as, uh, you know, oxybenzone or benzophenone, like make sure you read your ingredient label and not having that ingredients in there. Got it. So it sounds like not only do you offer product recommendations, but do you also do counseling as well? Yes. So what we're trying to do is sometimes people, you know, just the report is enough, but many times people want a little more handholding. So we always offer additional counseling to help them, you know, for example, go through your report, or if you have any questions about the product Mm -hmm. you're using, you can always reach out to us. We don't do like say room by room, we can refer you out, you know, if you want to audit your entire home. uh, We don't have Mm -hmm. the capability of doing that. But in general, we'll help you go through your product and then help you understand your exposures and also what are the steps that you should be taking to reduce these exposures. Okay, this is such great information. So Jenna, how do people get in touch with you? I will definitely put your contact info in our uh, podcast notes, 
but what's the best way that people can start to connect with you? Yeah, people can message us on our Instagram. We're pretty active. That's why we invite you to like, you know, talk on our Instagram live because we think, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a whole, it has to be a holistic, you, you, you can't just like detox, right? Like detox is not the only thing. There are so many aspects like uh, eye health, right. you know, gut health, all of these things are really important. So people can DM us on uh, Instagram. They can sign up to our newsletter. Uh, we also have a lot of resources on our website uh, where we because education is really the key. You don't even have to buy a test, but definitely get mm -hmm. yourself educated to start avoiding these exposures. Um, yeah, sign up to our newsletter. We always wanna bring the latest research to people. And if you have additional questions, fill out the form on, um, on our webpage, we'll get your question answered. Okay, well, everybody, I want you to follow Jenna. Uh, what is the the name of your Instagram page? We are a million underscore marker. Um, yeah, check us out. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a mouthful, check, but I think once us. people, you know, kind of understand like uh, oh, why it. we named ourselves, right? Like then, then yeah. it's a little bit easier to remember. Well, you do a great job marketing and uh, I love your, you know, the guests you have and, you know, just the passion and mission that you're putting out there. and. I'm also a firm believer in the toxins that we are exposed to. And, um, you know, in our, our, where we live, we built a straw bale house in the early 1990s, and we don't use any cleaning products at all mm -hmm. that would have any toxicities. And, you know, we, we shop at farmer's markets and, you know, we're, we're very awake and aware about it, but still, plastic is everywhere and uh, even a water bottle or uh, you know your deodorant or your shampoo mm -hmm. so we need to uh, awaken because this plastic issue is just killing us so um, mm -hmm. i'm so glad you're i'm so glad you're doing this any final words uh, you want to share with us before we end I also want to let people know you know when you start purchasing good product it's not only good for you it's actually good for the environment because a lot of these chemicals that we don't want you to use, they are also really bad for the environment. Um, and it's, you know, especially for people who have, you know, trying to conceive, bring the next generation or having, you know, grandkids, like you're really doing good for the next generation by stop using these chemicals. And at the same time, you know, we want people to become conscious consumers. You can actually vote with your dollars by getting good products um, you are also sending a signal to the manufacturer and to the policymakers that, hey, we actually want safer chemical policy. We want a better product because ultimately I kind of feel that I wish we don't exist, that we don't really need to make this product. This really shouldn't be the burden of the consumers. Like the, when a product is being, being sold in the market, it should be safe. And yet, like we have to be worried because we right now we don't have a lot of safe product. So true. Uh, and so what value you're creating for humanity. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for sharing uh, your your expertise with us. And I know we'll get together again. Keep up the wonderful work and uh, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening. 
I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.